0: Good evening and welcome. Tonight I have a collection of scary forest and woodland horror stories. As always, if you have stories of your own that you would like narrated then send them over to the email in the description. With that said, let's begin. I was halfway through the woods when I first saw the old man. I would missed my bus so I had to walk home. Cutting through the woods behind the school was a lot faster than walking through the neighbourhood. I saw him before he saw me. When he turned around and noticed me looking at him, he looked surprised, like I'd caught him doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. Not wanting to intrude in his business, I turned my head away and kept walking. I saw him again the next time I was walking through the woods. He was dressed differently and loitering around a different area. This time when he saw me, he gave a quick wave of his hand before going back to whatever it was that he was doing. I returned the greeting and kept on walking. I saw him three more times before I was finally forced to talk to him. The fourth time I saw him, he stepped out from behind a tree, blocking my path. Is your name Lee Austin? The man asked. Why do you want to know? I was hoping you could help me with something, was his reply. With what? It's better if I show you. He started to walk off into the woods, but stopped when he realized I wasn't following him. I'm not going to hurt you, he said. I doubt I could if I wanted to. He was probably right about that, I was about 6 inches taller, a 100 pounds heavier, and over 40 years younger than him, if I had to guess. It won't take long, he said, it's just over by that log over there, he pointed. I followed the man over to the log, keeping my distance in case he tried anything funny. Do you recognise that, he asked, pointing at something sticking out from beneath the log. It looks like a piece of cloth, I said. What about the white part? He gestured. Does it look like it could be a letter? I suppose, I agreed. Sort of looks like the one in your jacket. He looked up at me. I looked down at the letterman jacket I was wearing. Yeah, I guess it does. Alright, the man said, you can go now. The old man watched a teenage boy walk away. When he was out of earshot, he pulled out his phone and called his partner. Remember that football star that disappeared in the woods behind the high school five years ago, he said. Yeah, his partner replied. I found his body. How'd you manage that? He looked over at the boy and watched as he vanished from sight, something he'd seen him do every year for the past four years. I had a little help, he said. Do not listen to the cries coming from the woods. It doesn't matter how much they sound like your lost loved ones. Anyone from around here will tell you that. You especially do not follow them into the dense growth of pines. If you do, it's all over, or so they say. Leila really should have known better. She too grew up here in the shadow of that forest. Perhaps after so many years away, she'd forgotten. I hadn't realised she'd been walking to the boundary each night, speaking to them in hushed tones, until two nights before we were supposed to leave. When she left while I was still awake, I had to follow her. It's mum, she turned to look at me, such pain in her eyes but her voice calm. She's been calling for me since we got here. If it weren't for the funeral, we would have never come back to our hometown. We had no fond memories, only a handful remaining of both our families, too stubborn or ensnared in its grasp to leave. So there we were, Leila and our PJs, foot hovering near the deep black soil where the woods began. I couldn't lie to her by saying it wasn't Nazrin she heard. Leila's eyes were glassy when she turned to face me. I reached out for her hand, but it slipped through my fingers and she stepped onto the other side. I wasn't sure what I expected, her to disappear into mist, be snatched away, but she just wove through the pines frantically. I didn't even stop to think. There was nothing to think about. I ran in after her. She was standing still by the time I caught up, focused on something in the distance that I knew better than to look at. I scooped her up, She put up no resistance. Neither of us fell back asleep, fell to ease only when the next day passed uneventfully. We lay in bed quietly that final night, the rental car packed up and ready for our mid-morning flight, listening to the storm. I wondered if she heard it too, the sounds of steps along the steep eaves above her head, timed so that they nearly blended in with the patter of the rain. She clutched my hand in the darkness, confirming that indeed she did. We were only in town for a few days. We'd escaped this place. We weren't like so many others that remained, spent their entire lives here. Perhaps beyond that, too. A window squeaked open in protest. We had a life together across the country, in a tiny apartment where each night was not filled with distant cries of pain, misery and invitation. It was a pity that we'd die here after all. The smell of rain filled the tiny cabin. I heard it falling on the kitchen floor, We'd been so close to leaving this place. Instead we, like so many before us, would become just two more voices crying out from the woods. Don't go into the woods with Bobby, my mum reminded me when I left house for school that day. Bobby's parents were poor, fat and stupid, but to me he would always be the kid that offered me half of his sandwich on the first day of school after Billy's had taken mine. This small kindness brought tears to my eyes. You see, I have to move every couple of years because my dad's job, so I've never made real friends. Bobby seemed like someone I could trust. That night we decided to sneak out together. I crawled from my window, retrieved my bike from the shed and met Bobby. Our bikes flicked freshly fallen rainwater in an arc of the asphalt. He explained our mission. To see the palmetto wear pig. It was a man-bore cryptid that roamed the low county eating bad children. Armed with our flashlights and raincoats, we ventured into the woods. Aside from the rainwater dripping off the trees and the occasional hooting owl, it was quiet. Soon we approached a moonlit clearing. Well, I said, where is it? Oh, come on, he cheered. Let's wait around and tell some ghost stories or something. So we did. We joked, made hand puppets and held it at the moon. I was cold, uncomfortable, but exhilarated. This was the childhood my parents had been keeping me from. I feel like a real kid, with a real friend for the first time. As our night was winding down, I left our little clearing to pee before we made our trek back home. When I returned, Bobby was gone. I called his name, but no one, not even the owls responded. I was heartbroken. Bobby had left me cold and alone in the woods. I marched back to where we had stashed our bikes. His was gone. It wasn't until days later that Bobby was officially declared missing. I went with the search party every night in hopes of finding my first and only friend. Every day I felt more guilty. I tried to not think about it when I sat down for Thanksgiving dinner. Mum had prepared her famous Thanksgiving ham. Mum, Dad, I said, I have something to tell you. The sound of scraping silverware stopped. I was there with Bobby the night he disappeared. I was too scared to tell anyone because we weren't supposed to be out there in the first place. I'm so sorry. They said nothing and returned to putting forkful after forkful of pork in their mouths. "'Did you hear what I said?' I shouted. "'Yes,' my father said calmly. He looked at my mother. She said, "'We have a surprise for you.' "'Bobby's here with us right now,' he said. I looked down at the abnormally thick layer of fat on the meat in front of me. "'We told you not to go into the woods with Bobby.' I'm a big fan of exploring the woods near my hometown. I've been doing this since I was a little kid.' My dad and I used to go on long trips in the woods, and we would sometimes even stay the night. When I got older, I started going on exploration trips deeper into the woods. I've just turned 25 and wanted to celebrate with a long hike into the woods. It was a very sunny summer, so I packed my bags and ran out of the house like a little kid. I planned on staying in the woods until 10pm and then walked to my car and spent the night there. It was beautiful. The sun was shining and the birds were singing. I spent most of my hike admiring the scenery and I was so absorbed by everything that I lost track of the time and soon it was nighttime. When I checked my watch it was 10.30pm. I started walking towards my car when I saw it. It was a small building with a big sign that read Motel. I was sceptical at first but when I thought about it more I decided that it was better to sleep in a motel than in my car. It was two stars so it wasn't very expensive. I am now in my room, totally freaked out after reading this note that was lying on the nightstand. Welcome to the Firefly Motel. The rules that are listed below are very important for your safety. Please take them seriously and read them carefully. Rule number one. Should you hear a male voice underneath your bed, please leave the room immediately and notify reception. Rule two. Should you hear a female voice underneath your bed, get up from the bed and enter the bathroom. Do not leave the bathroom until you hear the door from your room close. Rule number 3 At 2.30am you will hear a child outside of your door. This is very important. If the child is crying for their mama, tell them that she is in room 323. The child will go away and you can go and get some sleep again. If the child is crying for their papa, turn off the lights, get underneath the bed sheets, and don't even think about looking at the pillow beside you. Rule number 4 There will be a knock on the door at exactly 4am. Whatever you hear, don't open the door. Rule number five. At 4.30am, you will hear the door open. Pretend that you're sleeping, and I can't overstate this enough. If you feel breathing on your face, do not open your eyes. We hope you'll have a pleasant stay at the Firefly Motel. If you have any advice on what I should do, please respond. Thanks for stopping by and listening. On screen are a couple of videos I think you might enjoy. And also, don't be afraid to click that subscribe icon in the middle of the screen. Thank you. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.